and welcome back again. Uh, this is episode, I think, 64 now. Uh, I'm with Patrick Page here from uh, <coughs> the Career Development Centre. Uh, tell us what you've been up to, Pat. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me. I've uh, been up to a lot, actually. It's been a, a very busy year in at CDC. We've got a subdivision called Mentally Well Workplaces, which is uh, providing online training for big business in mental health, and it's been a, a bumper year, so just trying to uh, keep, keep on top of everything, really. Yeah, so I certainly uh, heard things are sort of picking up, uh, I guess, through the grapevine in, in your, <coughs> I guess, in your business, which is really, really good to see, Pat. Um, so, yeah, so I think last time we sort of had you on the podcast, there actually was an episode, for some reason, technology did fail, and uh, we weren't able to upload it for all the lovely listeners. That was actually, I'm pretty sure it was International Women's Day from memory. It was. International Women's Day, and it's taken until now to sort of redo things over again. So, um, yeah, that's, I guess that's why you're back to sort of uh, tell a bit about, about your story, a bit about what's happening at CDC, tell us a bit about uh, some of your mental health uh, guess that you've had on your podcast which is called what's your podcast called there? so we've got a careers and mental health conversations podcast and i think we're up to the about the 60 odd episode as well so we're we're very we started around the same time actually you started not too long after us and been rocketing along but yeah generally for that, our podcast we talk to anyone uh, about who's got a, a really interesting story in regards to mental health or uh, an interesting career story so as it so works out, the mental health has been the more popular type of story for us over the last sort of year, and we've had a lot of diverse people in from uh, you know all sorts of different indus- industries talking about their story, what they're doing in their workplace, uh, how they're overcoming mental illness in certain situations. So it's been a really interesting podcast, and we're getting a yeah getting a good response. Yeah, I, I certainly listened to um, a number of your episodes, I guess. So there's certainly been some really good ones, uh, and you obviously. I've had your own podcast in the past as well, which sort of, I guess, helped pave way for, for this one to be uh, very successful. And the, obviously between the, the four personalities, you'd be able to you know, locate some really good uh, uh, personalities to have on your podcast. I'm sure there are always going to be many more to be able to follow up as, as well. I guess, uh, Pat, where did you sort of start out? Because I think you are a Tasmanian, weren't you? Is that yeah, yeah, co- co-Tasmanian. So I uh, moved, moved from, from the island in the early 2000s. So... Uh, basically, really wanted to travel the world at a young age, um, see a little bit more than, than just good old Hobart. So uh, as soon as I basically got my school certificate, I did a couple of years of TAFE in hospitality, and I went straight over to Sydney, Sydney to London, and then London to America, and was always working in hospitality roles, a little bit of travel, a little bit of play, uh, and enjoying my time. And then. I got back to Sydney in the mid 2000s, uh, around 06, 07, and uh, basically started a career in uh, sales. So as, as you naturally do when you travel, I ended up at Flight Centre. <laughs> it's a good place to cut your teeth in sales and learn a little bit about that and then moved on to recruitment not long after, which was uh, it was good for me for a couple of years, yeah. yeah. Excellent. So. Um and when did you sort of, uh, I guess, uh, first get involved in, <coughs> I guess, with Career Development Centre? How did that all sort of come about? Yeah, well, that's an interesting story, Tim, because I wouldn't say I sort of pursued a role in careers and mental health, and it's certainly not something I saw myself working in. Uh, I guess you've got to backtrack a little bit. So I started my own digital business there for a couple of years, 
Uh, I was working with big agencies originally when I moved to Brisbane in around 2012, 2013, up from Sydney. Came up with my family to have a, have a better lifestyle than what Sydney could provide, I believe. And what happened was I was actually working for Sally, the CEO of CDC, but I was contracting to her through my digital business. At the time, she was running an RTO, Jigsaw Training. Uh, however, the vet sector was going through a, a big upheaval at the time. Mm. And Sally really wanted to sell the RTO, which means I would have you know, ceased my digital work with her. She did, however, have a, a, an idea for a new business, which was the Career Development Centre. In the early days, it was really more about career counselling, career advice, and all types of related services in regards to careers, career training. So what Sally said to me was like, I've got this new business. Uh, I've actually, you know, it's, it's, we're bootstrapping. I can't afford to pay you, but, you know, maybe we could do some pro bono work. We could work something out. And what I said to Sally at the time was, I actually really like what you're doing. I can see the vision. I think it's going to be quite a, an interesting, you know, ride. How about if I come in as a co-director and we, I do all the sales, marketing, digital work, and we try and grow this business together? And I think she thought about that for a little bit and, and you know, thought, well, why not? We're both from Tasmania. We've known each other for a long time. Our families know each other. Tasmania is a small place. It is. It? Trust is important in business. So we, you know, along with, um, you know, Amy, Sally's daughter, and Tina, who's heavily involved in, in mental health and was so at Jigsaw as well, uh, the four of us started CDC back in late 2017. So, and it's evolved. Mm. It's grown. It's still growing. Like any new business, we've pivoted. We've, uh, we've taken, tried new things, we've stopped certain things, and we're still doing that as we approach our third year, even now. Yep. That's really, really good. I mean, it's great that, uh, it's, you know, that this Career Development Centre is there, and also that what you guys do uh, in the space of mental health is something de you know, badly needed in, um, in Australia and, and the world. You know, there's obviously a huge problem. It's... Um, we have these conversations with uh, you know people in our family about uh, you know how things have sort of changed a lot over the years when it comes to to this uh, issue uh, as a social issue. You have too many. I think it was very recently we had Are You OK Day just on last week. We did. Um, that was I think Thursday um, last week. I yes, believe. it and, was. Um, yep. It uh, it sort of highlights as you know people are certainly a lot different. Uh, you know how well traditionally. Things have changed over the years, and it's certainly become more accepted, more of an issue. Um, you know, obviously, back in the day, it used to certainly not be accepted much at all. So it's certainly come a long way, um, I guess, in society. And it's just, it's obviously sad that uh, that you know people decide to take their own lives. I mean, uh, you know, it's Spud Crawley last week. That was uh, a one a one vehicle accident into a tree. A guy that had a lot of issues. So. Yeah, Spud, I mean, I'm, I'm a big St Kilda fan. I listen to him a lot. I've watched him a lot on TV over the years. Being, we, we both love AFL, obviously. So, he, you know, he, he was uh, very outspoken on mental health and was very, uh, he would be very honest with everyone and tell people his journey, what he'd been through, his struggles. And, you know, it seemed like from the outside looking in, he was getting on top of things and he was talking in podcasts uh, up until only a few weeks ago about his journey and how he was, you know, riding through things and coming off medication. And then, you know, it just goes to show you that you just really never know what's going on in, internally. And, and unfortunately for, for Spud Frawley, we, we still don't know 
you know why that accident happened with with the tree and, and the car but we do fear you know it was something that might have got a hold of him which is really unfortunate and and mm. i've only been in the mental health sector for a couple of years but i am noticing a really big change in the way businesses uh leaders are starting to now talk about it openly on on social media platforms on podcasts in the media it's changing quite quickly and I don't know if it's just because we've been around for a couple of years now and our brand is increasing or if it's just the talk around mental health in general. But bit, It is definitely a bit of both, Pat. I think yeah. um, you guys should be uh, you know, commended exactly with, with what you've achieved in a short space of time um, and getting the word out there and sharing it socially is, is certainly very important. Um, you know, Sally, in my opinion, has, has got you know, some great experience in, in uh, being in her own business and also you know, what, what uh, you know, growing up uh, in Tasmania. So um, I think, you know, she's, I guess, um, the wise the wise voice that's uh, that's there as well. And happy birthday to Sally as well today. Happy birthday, Sal. It is her birthday today. Yeah, we're, we're an interesting bunch. We've all got something a little bit different uh, at CDC. And, and I think for any new business, as I'm learning, it's good to have people with different strengths in the business. So we've got Sally Healy, our CEO, she's run a successful RTO. She's been in business for a long time. Uh, really knows how to drive things from the top. We've got Tina, a uh, dedicated trainer, passionate about mental health, mm. 25 years, and, and she just really brings that whole sort of mental health aspect to the business for us. Obviously, my background is very different. Sales, marketing, digital. I do the websites, I do the social media, I do the online courses, pulling that together. And then Amy's accounts and administration and everything to do with operations. I think if you removed one of us four from the business, uh, uh, something wouldn't quite you know fit work there. So all four of us actually bringing in different skills has been really really positive. Uh, I, I'm not sure how it would work if, if sort of one of us wasn't there. It'd be a very interesting dynamic. Yeah, it's a four very yeah I guess key ingredients to, to make a you know, a good cake sometimes. But this is obviously four to, four to make this work and. Uh, obviously, that's that's how it's sort of set up. So, obviously, wish you all the best uh, going forward uh, with uh, with <coughs> mentally well workplaces and uh, career development center. And tell us a little bit about, I guess, a bit more. I guess a bit about how uh, traditionally how the mental health first aid works according to what you can tell us, and and then I guess what mentally work workplaces is doing uh, in, in an online situation. So when, when we started CDC in, in 2017, as I mentioned, we had career counselling, but Tina also was an accredited uh, mental health first aid trainer. So mental health first aid, for anyone that doesn't know, it's a two-day, 12-hour course. Similar in, in respect to physical first aid, how that is two days and, and sort of hands-on and you learn and then you practice, mental health first aid follows that same philosophy. So. It's now a global course. It's well in over 20 countries across the world. A lot of people don't actually realise it's been around since the early 2000s. Uh, actually created in Australia from a lady in Victoria, Betty. Um, and it's just rapidly evolved over that time. It's really big in the UK. In fact, we believe the UK is, is really pushing hard for mental health in workplaces more than we're seeing anywhere else. It's big in Canada, throughout Asia, it's in America. Uh, obviously growing, uh, surging in popularity here in Australia. The sorts of people we get in, mostly leaders and employees looking, you know, we, we often say every workplace should w have one mental health first aider. 
But what that person gains over that two days is they learn to understand common and less common mental illnesses that you're likely to encounter in a workplace. But then also how to, how to respond to that, how to deal with that, how to talk to people who they suspect are having a, a mental health issue, how to respond, uh, and then how to seek support and, and basically the next steps. So it's a great course. We've obviously all done it in at CDC, but the sorts of businesses we're seeing undertake it now, I mean, very heavy in construction and engineering. You know, um, those industries, unfortunately, have high rates of suicide and mental health problems. So we get a lot of people in from those industries. Uh, however, we're seeing a big uptake in sales-related industries, digital, mm. tech companies, big manufacturing companies, uh, and, and, re and all sorts of blends of, of people in between. But we, you know, we, we run a couple of courses a month in Brisbane and, and Wollongabba, and each month we see someone from a slightly different industry, but the need is always the same. You know, they want training on how to deal, identify, respond, and and learn how to talk about mental health in the workplace. Um, and that's a great course. And, and Tina, mm. luckily for us, is one of the only principal master trainers in Queensland. There's, there's a couple, but she's one of the, the busiest in Brisbane. And, uh, you know, coming up to Mental Health Week in the start of October, she's getting a lot of requests for training and workshops and, and talking at events. So her, her diary is filling out. Uh, we're booking more and more courses. And it's just great to see that uh, I think leaders in particular yeah. are now not afraid to talk about mental health at work yeah. because... I guess, I mean, you've seen the process. Uh, do you think it's a, it's a fairly... It's an easy process to adopt? Uh, like creating a mentally well workplace? That and also going through the course and, and, and getting making sure that everything's on board accredited. Yeah, I believe it is. One of the things is it is two days. So mm -hmm. you need to have uh, a team or an employee or a bunch of, of people who can take two days out. But it's, it's valid for three years and it could save a life. So Yeah, that's the whole idea. And just the, you know, we've, we've worked with businesses like Queensland Ballet, for example. I think they've trained over 20 of their staff in mental health first aid. So they see the value of having, you know, physical first aid along with mental health first aid in their workplace. Uh, and, and they quite proudly display all their mental health first aiders in their business, let their staff know where they are, where they, who they can contact for support. Uh, it's just a great place, to, a great initiative as well. That's really, really good. Um, so I guess what else is, what, what sort of other interests have, uh, I guess, piqued your interest in recent times? I mean, obviously, like, like yourself, you're probably following the AFL finals. I am. At I the am. moment. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what do you, there's been some pretty close game. Oh, there was a close game on Saturday night. Did you see that? I did. I did. I saw the. Unfortunately, the Brisbane Lions, uh, my second team, w uh, went down. So I'm a long-suffering St Kilda fan, mm. St Kilda Saints. So haven't seen a lot of success. I've seen us get close a few times. Uh, what, the, what does St Kilda need to do to turn things around? Well, I think they've got the right idea. They've got a new coach for starters. So Who's the new coach? Brett Ratton, ex, oh, yes. ex Carlton champion, probably. Probably, you know, cut ahead of his time in terms of his coaching at Carlton. But I think they just need someone who can draw a very hard stance in that club. It's been a bit soft for a long time. I think ex-champions have said that quite publicly. So, uh, But uh, I'll keep supporting them through thick and thin. But, uh, yeah, they, they test my patience at times. Yeah, 
Yeah, because I guess they were in that grand final. They had the draw with Collingwood, weren't they? And they did, yeah. The unfortunate replay didn't uh, turn out as a different team, I think. Lost by a goal the year before to, to Geelong. That was a, probably the year we should have really cleaned up. But, was that uh, in the grand final, was it? We did in uh, 09. Okay. You know that that year. Not a lot of people would know this. That year we lost uh, three games, including the grand final, by a combined total of 17 points for all three games. So three goals. Yeah. So well, and in, one of those was kicked after the siren mm-hmm. on, on the grand final when all the teams just, all the players just let it go through because they were in so much despair. But mm. when when you talk of sporting. Uh, teams that get close and mm. no cigars St Kilda probably top the list <laughs> but I want to ask you a question what do okay. you think about Tassie getting a AFL team are you for well, or against I'd certainly before it but um, I think it's and you know Tasmania have always produced a, a, a huge number of fantastic you know world class uh, footballers and Matthew Richardson comes to mind as well as many others Bulldog and you're a Tiger fan and, Hudson um, you know people like Royce Hart Royce Hart um, you know, wearing the, the black and gold, or the yellow and black. Ian sorry. Stewart. Uh, Ian Stewart. Champion. Three to- was he a three-time? Brownlow. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of guys that, that so it's just that they, in the past, haven't really had the infrastructure to really support an AFL team. So they've had the, the, the Launceston of, uh, area have sort of supported Hawthorne in recent years with a sponsorship deal. Um, down south, at, you know, I guess on the eastern shore in, in Brisbane, not sorry, down in Main ho- main area of Hobart. Um, there's been a bit of support, I guess, for North Melbourne, hasn't there? So yeah, it's a little bit of some games at Blunston uh, Arena, which I think is a Bell Reeve Oval, as it mm. used to be called back in the day. Um, they need to do something, obviously, to be able to get the crowds uh, in that they need. I think it'll galvanise the city. I, uh, it's certainly it's something they need. It's certainly the, the the true, I guess, the true fans of the sport down there want it. Uh, they want to support it. it. Takes a few rich people from the, uh, to be able to sponsor it and support it and, and, and dig in. And the government probably need to step in a bit, as much as they can, as, as well as things can prosper down in Tasmania. They've had a very good run with real estate prices um, coming into the last couple of years. Uh, that's sort of pointed in the right direction. The population has gone up a bit more, so it's starting to sort of come together. But there's always been that that uh, you know what's a What's it like to sort of maintain a national team in the state of Tasmania that has a population of half a million people? Mm. Um, so, how many members would they be able to get? Um, let's have a look at the other national competitions. Used to have a team in the NBL years and years ago. Now, they did. Probably will never. Not likely to have an NBL team again unless unless I'm, they know something I don't. But. Um, there's talk, there's talk, there's talk with the A League, although I, I think that's soccer. highly unlikely. Yeah. So it's national soccer competitions, um, all the different sports. But but there's no doubt down there that the the young males and now females, because uh, you know my my young nieces down there uh, under eighteen, they're they're starting to play football in school and really enjoy it. The the youngsters down there are still passionate about AFL. It's the number good. one sport, but. There is a risk that soccer might start to pick up, even take over. There's been talk of a rugby, getting rugby more off the ground mm. in Tasmania. And basketball's popularity across the whole of Australia is surging. So I think if the AFL take too long, they will lose some, some support for, for football at a lower level. And that's dangerous yeah. in, in today's um, sporting, sporting climate. Yeah, Yeah. so I mean, that, that was an interesting question. But yeah, I think... Um, 
I'd love to. I mean, personally, I'd love to see a team down in, in Tasmania and obviously based down in Hobart and probably play out of. I guess Billy is the best place to, to play at it, but I'm not sure. Well, they're talking about putting a stadium closer to the city. So I remember. Can you remember back in the day they used to used to go to like um, what was that place called George King? Was it George Oval or something? Is that in town? North, not North Hobart. Yeah, North Hobart maybe. Yeah. Well, I know they used to play uh, VFL. Uh, well, Tasmania versus the um, the Victorian State squad. That they were yeah. always at North Hobart. Those games. Yeah, yeah. North Hobart was not a bad ground, but I guess it's sort of been dated now. Just no parking there, I believe. So. Uh, well, it's, yeah, <laughs> very residential around there. I but don't even think they've got Uber yet in Hobart. <laughs> they've got it now, but Have yeah, they? they haven't had it for long. When no. was the last time you went back? Uh, I was back uh, cup in in the winter for a week over school holidays just recently yeah yeah still cold so tell us about um i guess uh you sort of your, your sort of work's changed a little bit i think um with, with what you're sort of doing but i guess it's still much of the same thing at the moment isn't it what you're doing yeah so when i you know i closed my digital business a little while ago but effectively my role within the, the current climate is to still drive the sales drive the marketing make sure our digital approach is, is um, top-notch. One of the biggest things I've been working on for the last six months is our new online mental health induction. So we created a, uh, an online mental health course for corporate businesses. What we found is that mental health first aid, is, as good as it is, uh, sometimes it's hard to get all employees undertaking mental health training because the reality is you can normally only fit 20 in one class in mental health first aid. That's what they prefer in terms of training for, for balance. However, it's hard to get a lot of people to take two days out of their current work situation. So we set up a subdivision uh, late 2018, Mentally Well Workplaces. Under that banner, we provide workshops, but we really drive our mental health induction, which is designed to provide evidence-based mental health training to any employee, any location, uh, from any device. We're having a lot of success with companies who have got remote workers, obviously, uh, who need training and, and um, you know, want to undertake a course, but, but don't always have the time to do it during their normal work hours. Uh, we've, we've had some really big contracts. We've got um, some government departments undertaking the induction. One of Australia's largest uh, construction companies uh, is undertaking the induction for thousands of their employees. We've got some really big digital and tech companies undertaking the induction. So it's growing, uh, and my job is to help that, that side of things grow. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to look at creating some industry-based inductions, so specific to different industries. It's so, so a different way of doing it in different industries? Yeah, so obviously, you know, a construction um, employee is going to, uh, you know, respond to something that's more related to their field in terms of the induction because... We include animated videos uh, and, and guide, audio guides. So we're going to tailor one to construction engineering. We're going to tailor one to you know the sales and, and uh, digital workspace. Uh, tailor one to health and emergency services. So we've got a big pipeline to build out. Um, I'm also very proud to announce we've just partnered with Go One. I'm not, I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but Go One. They're a, mm. a startup in, in Queensland down at Logan. Uh, they're a global company now, but they're basically, the way they explain their service is they're the Netflix of e-learning courses. So they uh, you know, collaborate with, with providers all across the world to provide a, a platform 
where you can go and just undertake any form of e-learning uh, possible. Mm. And they sell premium and all sorts of different packages to businesses across the world. But we've just listed our mental health induction for Australian businesses on there. And we're looking to create one for the American markets and, and the European and UK markets in the not too distant future. And uh, hopefully get more employees inducted in, in mental health. That's, that's our main goal. Mm. You're obviously finding I mean, different parts of the world and you would have interviewed some experts in, in other areas uh, of life um, all over the world uh, with the podcast, with the research that, that you guys have been doing it. You must find obviously culture has a bit to play with uh, and, and the way a country sort of operates um, from a government point of view and from people's point of view. Culture certainly would have it a, it'd be different, wouldn't it? Uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, for example, I'll take the UK for example. They are yeah. their culture and about mental health in the workplace at the moment is is definitely at, at the forefront globally. Mm. So much so that you know they've got ministers in in parliament now dedicated to um, making sure mental health is is provided, spoken about, and catered for in in workplaces. It's been debated in parliament about whether they can have mental health uh, mandatory. Uh, mental health first aid mandatory in, in certain businesses across the UK and, and they, they shine a light really but then you look at a country like the US which has still got a long way to go you know um, culturally I think they're, they're still adapting still working out how to, to integrate uh, mental health training and, and make it more talked about and accepted and you would, you would sort of look and say well US is probably one of the most technologically advanced and strongest economies in the world but we, we still think they're they're still growing in that space. Mm. We, we think Canada's probably well ahead of the pack as well. They're doing some great things in terms of uh, promoting mental health in the workplaces. Uh, Ireland is doing really, really well as well. So it's, it's interesting to see what, what countries are picking it up, mm. uh, what ones have still got a way to go. Australia's doing some great stuff and should be commended and there's, there's gonna be some serious growth in the Australian markets. Um, and, and probably behind the UK, but but definitely doing some good things in that space. So I guess um, talking about different markets, I mean, do you sort of uh, have you had any sort of involvement or had a bit of a look or research around what's happening in Asia? Asia is still a, a I think a market we are exploring. So there there is talk about getting more mental health first aid across the Asian markets, and it is it is actually being taught you know in some of those markets, but it's still a market for us which we're exploring. So. We're actually consulting with a very large uh, company at the moment to create our mental health induction in, um, and have it tailored to the Japanese and Chinese market. And it's something we're actually looking at right, right as we speak about getting that, that created. So we know there's going to be interest there. Uh, there hasn't been the volume for us yet, but we think that, you know, it's just, it's going to happen eventually in terms of those countries are going to sit up and take notice, whether it's one of our courses or some form of other course or you know it's talked more about it at a high level within their their governments I'm not too sure but it's just a matter of time mm, definitely yeah so it'd be interesting to see how this all plays out in the future um, it's obviously something that's gonna take a bit of a, a bit, bit of a, um, a path and where how that sort of path goes in the future it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens because as a society evolves, you know, sometimes new things come to the forefront, as we see here. Um, new things come into the forefront. I mean, an uh, interesting thing that I had a discussion with, um, might have been yesterday, 
yeah, I think it was yesterday with Bev that um, that basically, I mean, what you know, she's a teacher, and you know, a lot of there's some people that we've had on the podcast have actually come from a bit of a teaching background, and uh, I mean, things like um, the uh, you know, I guess global warming has always been there. It's been there for and taught, you know, back in the six sixties and seventies, and so it's always sort of been there. But and it's I guess it's sometimes it's how the how um, the media sort of reacts to the issues of the day. Like Absolutely. the media was completely different back in the seventies and eighties to what it is today. So so you know people were just saying that it's it's a problem. All of a sudden it's a problem now, and it's always gradually sort of been a problem so and the same can potentially be said for mental health absolutely way. so mental health you know who talks about it in the 60s and 70s yeah and, and my dad said he you know as an example he probably knew one person in his life uh, you know for his first 50 years that committed suicide so yeah it and then now you'd probably you, you would have heard of quite a few people that have, have sort of had those those bad stories where you know things have happened so absolutely um society society's um change but things are being dealt with differently it's become more acceptable people haven't you know have been able to help themselves in a way in some cases by opening up but in some cases it doesn't always work out as well yeah it's, it's interesting because social media obviously helps drive communication and it's a really strong tool for for mental health um just in relation to statistics you know uh, suicide unfortunately kills more young males in this country than car accidents so, and that's, that's really a shame and something that, uh, you know, us and a lot of other businesses are trying to help get more awareness out, out there about. I, I really don't think there's one solution to how you increase the communication. I want to highlight a business, uh, another Queensland business called Trademark. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Ed and Dan, two chippies who are on a work site. Uh, one of Dan's mates, uh, you know, commi- committed suicide. It really affected him. He wanted to change how, how suicide is talked about on the work site. So they created loud work shirts, um, you know, to, to help start a conversation. And, and now they've been all through the news, the, you know, the project, the papers, and they're getting their message out there. And now they're creating high-vis versions of loud work shirts for big companies like Hutchies and, and other, you know, big construction businesses. And, you know, their employees can wear loud work shirts, so highly colourful work shirts, which is all designed about creating a discussion on mental health. So the point is, it doesn't matter how the conversation starts, as long as it's out there, whether it's a course, whether it's a, uh, a workshop, whether it's wearing a loud shirt, whether it's some other form, there's gotta be ways to get it out there, and, and social media helps drive that. It's more talked about, I mean, Spud Frawley, as an example, a well-known media personality who, who we mentioned just unfortunately passed away, one of his recent conversations on a podcast where he said, you know, it, it used to be the manly thing to hide, to hide your, you know, how you felt and not talk up. He said that that's all changed. He said the manly thing now is, is to speak up. And, and by doing that, you, you know, you show that it's okay and then someone else might listen, male or female, young or old, and go, oh, well, he's speaking up, I can speak up. You know, it's all just a combination of things reducing the stigma and, and that's that's what, what we've just got to keep pushing forward it's just no one solution just a combination it doesn't matter how you start the conversation as long as it's out there as long as the communication's being spread and and that's the main thing so 
No, it's good. It's great. Um, I, I guess uh, with your podcast, which I said I listened to a few of those episodes, I'm trying to think of the one that one of the ones that stuck out to me um, was this guy. He set up a Facebook page, um, uh, and it was sort of uh, he got his mates together. And um, what was that one called? He gets his mates together. There's there's a Facebook group. I even I think I like the page myself. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a, guy, a guy's group getting together, basically. Oh, uh, Life by the Balls? Yeah, grab Sam. Life by the Balls. Yeah, 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 he's on Sunshine Coast. Yeah, I mean, Sam's just another example of uh, a young father and, you know, he's not too old and just wanted to make a change and, and basically help out other other young males and, and where unfortunately mental illness is at its highest. It, it's mm. obviously, it can affect anyone, but uh, there's so many great examples of... of I think younger people now starting starting the movements. Um, there's a, a young guy in Sydney, Heart on My Sleeve movement. You know, he's he's sort of identified by a tattoo he's got on his uh, on his wrist about heart on his sleeve. Sorry, but yeah, heart on his sleeve. And yep. he, yeah, everyone's got a diff, slightly different approach. But I think what you'll find about in the mental health industry is that everyone's got the same goal, mm. which, which is really good. Uh, and it's unique in that that respect is everyone embraces each other's approach so mm. it's, it's really collaborative we've, we've found uh, talking to other people who do similar things to us is they always want to meet with you talk to you discuss and, and almost bounce ideas mm. uh, and I don't think many other industries are like that to be honest mm. Other others are a little bit more cutthroat mm. uh, but mental health everyone's got that same goal slightly different approach uh, and as long as the outcome is positive and, and you're trying to help people that, that's the main thing yeah yeah, it's great. No, um, also, I guess a little, you know, we just talked a bit about before, but obviously there's a lot of people in the, that, that are well-known sports people, um, you know, suffering from mental health issues, ones that are, like, really famous, uh, ones that have, you know, have done a lot for Australia or have done a lot for their country. Mm. Um, so it, it's, it seems to affect people of all walks of life. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to be... Uh, you don't have to be anybody. You can be anybody, can't you? And Absolutely, uh, yeah. Um, and so you're seeing, and, and a good example of one that I've, um, that I can imagine, and not obviously, not experienced myself, but uh, you can just imagine, and uh, I've spoken to some friends about, a uh, good friend, um, is, you know, suffering from, from um, you know, like a post-traumatic um disorder from you know going to war for example and fighting for your country yeah. and, and then coming back you you see a lot of these soldiers that um you know the, the good thing i like the, i like uh, what damien brown has sort of tried to do with his mixed martial arts to to basically to sort of bring that back to you know helping out people with that yeah who've gone to war like veterans and and i think that he's you know people like him are doing their bit yeah in my opinion so it's great to, to know great people that that he's been on the podcast a couple of times yeah i saw that um, yeah yeah it's great and uh so he's he's always he's definitely got a good story a good guy at heart um just yeah at the moment just trying to got a son that he's obviously very proud of yeah so he's um yeah it's it's great to see uh to see sort of some embracement uh and it's good i guess it's generally good that society's moved into a direction where it's acceptable um, uh, that uh, it's, it's mental health is an issue. I guess it's just making sure that it's not a ma- matter of just also accepting that it's an issue, doing whatever you can about it to, to make it better for everybody else. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we both love AFL. Mm. One, one example is there was a, a young guy still in his 20s, Tom Boyd, 
walked away from a million dollar contract. This is the Bulldogs guy, isn't Bulldogs. He played in a premiership. I think he um, did well in that premiership. From the outside looking in, you would say he's a, a young guy with the world at his feet. You know, had succeeded at a very high level uh, on a very, you know, well, on a good contract, set up financially, doing what he loves in sport. The thing is, mental health doesn't discriminate. And it's not for us to, to know what it, each person's thinking. It, it doesn't matter if you've got all the money in the world and you're the best looking person and you set up and everyone knows you. Mental illness can still affect you. And everyone's different in how, how, they, you know, how they're affected and how they help seek support. But it just goes to show you that by Tom walking away from the game due to mental health and leaving you know, his dreams behind and his contract behind and, and the, all the, the fame and glory that comes with being an AFL player, how, how serious it is. And I think he should be commended. And I think young males and young females who are, you know, aspiring to be sports stars will look up to people like Tom and, and realise that, you know, just because you, you apparently you seem to have it all doesn't mean you necessarily have it all. Uh, and and your mental health is the most important thing. And without that, nothing else really matters. So I, I sort of, I really watch with interest the sports stars that, that step up and and acknowledge mental illness. Because it sets a really good example for the for the youth coming through, and then I think Gil McLaughlin said that mental health is the number one issue confronting mm. the AFL. Uh, and oh, really? He said that. He said that late last year or early this year, uh, and number one issue. So there you go. That's just one sports league. I, I believe the NRL, NBL. It would be very very similar, and other big sporting organisations. Uh, if your if your athletes are stepping down due to mental mental health problems, then it needs to be discussed at a, a much higher level, even than what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, I haven't sort of said this at the top of the, the show, but um, I probably said it in the last podcast. Obviously, you're one of the <coughs> reasons for this podcast existing. I obviously got your help to start off with, get the podcast off the ground, and here we are, well over a year later, you know. Has 60, it been a year? 64 episodes or something like that. Wow. Um, so, it's, I certainly want to thank you for you know obviously um, steering me in the right direction in that first uh, in that first month of getting things sort of uh, set up uh, so you can certainly blame Pat if, if, if uh, um, you're sick of my podcast but no don't blame him for that but, but uh, he's, oh. he's the one who helped um, but I get talk a bit about podcasts what, which ones are you listening to at the moment and uh, what, what are you oh. anything new different or I float between different podcasts and audio books uh, I like the guy out of the US Tom Billiou he does the impact theory where he talks about health impact financial impact and a, a range of different things how do you spell his last name or it's V-I-L uh, it might be Y-E-U don't quote me on that yeah there's probably a misspelling there but yeah. Tom Billiou he's a He's, I really like his, his podcast at the moment. Uh, when did you start listening to him? Uh, I probably started listening to him about six months ago when I was got a bit sick of listening to a couple of ones I'd been on for a while, like Gary V and a few others. I was just hearing the, the same message recycled, so I needed a little bit something different. Um, yeah, I found him. One of the other ones I like, which is a little bit different, is a, a guy called Naval. N-A-V-A-L. He's a very, very deep uh, thinker. Uh, talks about finance, business, uh, life in general. He puts out a series of 
short, sharp podcasts, which range from anywhere from a minute to about three and a half minutes tops. The advice you can get from one of those could, could change how you see your whole business. Um, he's only got about 50 or 60 episodes out, each quite short in length, but he's an amazing thinker and I often listen to his podcast on repeat just to drill in his messages. N-A-V-A-L? N-A-V-A-L, yeah. And he's very good on Twitter too, if anyone wants to follow Naval. Um, apart from that, I listen to sports ones as well. So the Sacked podcast, AFL coaches. What? <laughs> yeah, they talk to past <laughs> AFL coaches who've been sacked and hear their stories. So I, I like to mix it up depending on the mood. Yeah, so I think looking at Nabal, I see his last name Ravenkart. Yeah, that's him, Ravenkart. So yeah, he's been on Rogan and, and Ferris. So yeah, he's, the Josh Rogan one, I don't listen to all of those because they're quite long. But yeah, I listen long. to depending on who, the Elon Musk one's pretty good. Yeah, and the audio book I'm listening to um, Ray Dalio Principles at the moment, which is just under 17 hours in length. Mm. Ray's got quite a deep American voice, so it is hard to stay focused, but. Uh, that's not bad in terms of picking up some business principles, mm. which I really enjoy. But yeah, I change depending on the mood. But yeah, there are probably a couple at the moment I've listened to quite a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, and podcasts. I mean, I, I, I just I'm sort of a, still fascinated by them. You know, I guess uh, this time on. Yeah. Um, what I don't listen to probably too many other new ones, probably since I last spoke to you. But um, you know, I do go across and some of my people that have been on the podcast have started their own. I was talking to a guy this morning at the Valley Chamber. Um, AGM, who's going to be on the podcast next week, is starting his own. He's a bit of a music sort of guy, but he sort of works a bit for for um, a radio station. Uh, so it'll be good to catch up with him, but he's got his own. I know the two girls that I've had on a couple of times, they started their own podcast, which I think I listened to one episode. It was funny. <laughs> talk about their lives and you know, how they got how they sort of met their, you know, how they chased the same boy and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> so, shout out to Downtown Creative Studios. Um, <laughs> yes, so, um, no, it's, as far as podcasts, the other thing too that are, that are sort, sort of interest, sort of does interest me, but I haven't sort of gone there or sort of been there, but have you ever thought about sort of, um, and I've seen them advertised because you can Google, um, but they have like podcast conferences and podcast um things like, you know, or different events that are just people doing, I don't know how it works. Have you ever thought about going to one of these things before? Or not? When I started my podcast, I went to Brisbane Podcasters Meetup, which was run, uh, it was at the Normanby every fortnight, once a month. Yeah, I went there for three or four months. Uh, that was great. Run by a, a guy called Adele. Maybe he's listening, I'll, I'll send him the link to this actually very proactive in helping other people launch podcasts. The advice I got from there, from people who had been in the industry for a while but not got recognition, and that was, was, was really, really good, just bouncing ideas about how to record, how to load, how to edit, um, different topics. Uh, and they used to bring in guest podcasters and, and people from all sorts of backgrounds. That was pretty good. There's a couple of really big podcast events. There's one in Sydney, I can't, the name, um, uh, I can't remember the name. I think it might be run by the ABC. Actually, that's that's quite popular. Yeah, okay. Uh, Seen that one. I can't remember the name either. There's a guy up here too in, in Brisbane who's been podcasting for a long time. He runs a an annual podcast event too. Uh, his name also 
um, I can't recall, but I might actually email it over to you if you want to publish that in the show notes because they, they're actually really popular because mm. podcasting is, is going bonkers and yep. the growth is phenomenal and it's not going to stop anytime soon So mm. because anyone can create one now. Mm. Uh, and I think it takes away from radio, which is a good thing, which is very commercial. But mm. what you'll find now is all the commercial radio stations are publishing yeah, a ridiculous of amount of podcasts yeah, to compete with that market because they need to get their advertising in. So, but uh, I, podcasting's addictive. It's a freedom uh, of expression. It's a great way to get the ideas out of your head to talk about a topic as passionate to you. All I'd say is follow your niche. Um, don't don't try and do something that's already been done. You know, no one's going to take on Gary V an entrepreneurial side of things. Uh, you know, you just you're not going to be able to do it. Stick to your niche. Find something that you're passionate about. Get a small and loyal group of followers, and you'll be surprised where it takes you. It's really cool. Mm. Yeah, and um, they're fun. Yeah. As, as this, just a, this is a question. I don't know if you guys. I mean, obviously, you guys run a really good. You know, it's a fantastic podcast um, uh, with CDC. So that's um, uh, career and mental health conversations. Is yeah, that, that's that the correct careers title? and mental health. Yeah. Yep, conversations. So it's a very good podcast. There are four of you guys. You've had some really good. Uh, guests on there you've probably had you know quite a number of listens I, I think when I last spoke to you about it it's um there's, there's quite a few listens there and quite a few downloads um have you ever sort of sought about getting like a someone to sponsor your podcast oh we briefly mentioned it for a very short period but we 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 run that podcast because at the, at the start we wanted to talk I, I about know, I know it's about sort of I mean the podcast don't get me wrong the podcast to me is my hobby yeah. It's, it's what I love to do and, and that sort of thing. But it's, it's always interesting, just an interesting conversation just to see what, what sort of, you know, where you sort of looked at. We, we did discuss it and then it was sort of, we, we put it to bed quite quickly because yeah. we just thought it might take away from, from our message. Our, our podcast is actually originally was us going to just be talking about the ideas that we talk about in the office because we come up with all sorts of crazy stuff and there's been some podcasts that have just been those sort of things yeah we used to call it the Friday rant where we'd get it because yep. we, we continually yep. rant about things and we wanted yep. to express that uh, and then we thought well you know people get sick of us how about we bring in some guests and then we just got guest well after guest. just through meeting people through the workshops we do we, we always talk to like you we talk to interesting people and we yep. ask them to come on we hardly ever get knocked back we, we do online ones a lot so we we podcast to people all over the world and in mm. Sydney and Melbourne, but we we decided to leave advertising out just because it didn't sort of you know fit in with our brand. But I would not uh, if someone's got a, a rocketing podcast getting you know thousands of downloads. I would strongly recommend you you bring in a sponsor if it if it suits your brand because the uh, it's a great way for you to highlight a product or service, generate a little bit of income because as you would know, podcasts take a take a bit of your time up right so yeah, they, do, they do take a bit of your time yeah up if someone's willing to put their hand up and say look i love this podcast put me on put me on there yep um here you go yeah you know you obviously got to say yes i mean i my guys have had, uh, down at in melbourne have had a few um we've had a few sponsors now we've uh, different companies in software with accounting oh yeah yep. uh, which is quite good for them um they, those two guys are great um saw them recently Zero Con, they were there. Yes. Um, we're talking about Paul Meisner and David Boyer from from the trenches. They always keep uh, 
they always keep harping on about that I sort of stole the name of my podcast from there. Ah, oh, right. <laughs> but you know, like, <laughs> but, but I, it's, it's a respectful, sometimes you, you're putting the way you name that podcast is a little bit respectful for what, for where, for what those guys are doing, but you know, you've got to put your own spin on the, the name and, and what you're delivering and that's what I'm trying to I guess achieve with the yeah. with this podcast from the Valley Podcast. And I think from memory, I might have told you when we set help started setting this up. Um, most most podcasts won't get over seventeen episodes. It's like the little black hole. Yes, it is. Uh, it's called Podcast Fade, where people put a lot of time and energy and effort and get to never get to twenty episodes because they need to see no return. They don't get much feedback. They don't get any comments. People aren't sharing. But what I'd say is, as you've done, stick with it if you enjoy it because it's, it's a great, fun experience and you get to talk to interesting people. Yep. Uh, but don't expect a whole lot of financial return at the start. You know, it's, it's really hard to quantify from a podcast. But in terms from a branding point of view and adding to, to what you do and give people an insight into who you are, there's, there's, there's not much that beats it, to be honest. Mm. It's, it's pretty real in, in, um, in what you can show people, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. No, it's been great to have you on the podcast. Uh, unfortunately, sort of running out of time, Patrick. Um, hopefully, the technology doesn't fail me this time. I've got a backup in case, in case it does. So, God willing, it's going to be up today. Probably, we'll see how we go. Thanks very much, and uh, I'll certainly look forward to catching up with, up with you again soon. Say hello to uh, to Sally, Tina, and Amy. I will. Thank as you, Tim. Well, and uh, hope everything continues to go well. And make sure you keep follow or get someone to follow us up. Uh, make sure we're getting our mental health program sorted out because this is what I keep saying to Sally. It needs to happen. And office manager, Tina, set it up. Let's go. Yeah, brilliant. So, excellent. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. It's, uh, it's uh, the 18th of September 2019. That's been From the Valley Podcast, Brisbane Business Life.